What's going on, guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks. This is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast, and we're on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and presented to you by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. What's going on, guys? October 17th, week six Week six is almost in the books. This season is absolutely flying. We got some news to talk about. Brad is absolutely excited. Wait till you hear what he got for Damian Pierce in a trade. We're going to talk about 2023 impending free agent tight ends. And I'm going to talk to you about how to rebuild your roster because in Dynasty football, which if you're not playing Dynasty, you're missing out. But if you're playing Dynasty, you're when you're winning, you're winning. And when you're losing, you, you're winning too because you can rebuild and have fun rebuilding teams. And if you're not a contender, you should be rebuilding. And I have an article that somehow Reddit actually likes. And so um, oh yeah, uh, I'm just showing this to Justin because I saw his message pop up. Oh, man, I thought we had some bees knees. Um, so. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the news. We had Robbie Robbie Anderson got into a, a fight with his team yesterday. I thought he was going to be cut this morning. Instead, he was traded. Robbie Anderson goes to Arizona. Arizona has DeAndre Hopkins coming back. They activated him to the 53-man roster, but they lost Marquise Brown due to a, a severe foot injury that's not going to require surgery, but he's going to be out six weeks after six, week, after six weeks. Six more weeks. I mean, it's going to be playoff time for fantasy football. Marquise Brown is going to be out for the rest of the regular season for fantasy football purposes. And Robbie Anderson kind of steps right into that role. What are your thoughts here about Robbie Anderson? Is that someone that, like, would you try to acquire on the cheap? Or would you just, if you do have Robbie Anderson, just be like, all right, somebody please finally give me something for him i wish i had a big sign with a zero on it because i have literally zero or less than zero interest in robbie anderson not only because deandre hopkins is coming back but we saw rondale moore play really well we see the fact that i think greg dorch is going to kind of step back in a little bit and get a little more playing time because he really showed out when given the opportunity while uh, Rondell Moore was hurt. So I'm staying away from Robbie Anderson. I'm using this as a big time sell if he's even rostered right now. Redraft, most likely he's not. Dynasty, he probably is. And I would be selling for any, if I could get a third for him, I'm trying to get him off my roster now for anything, anything pennies on the dollar right now. So um, there's a lot of rookie running backs that we, we talked last week how rookie running backs were really going to show out week six. And boy, did they did they deliver. Brad was a little bit of a pessimist. Like, well, we don't know about Ken Walker. Well, I hope I hope Ken Walker did enough to gain your trust. <laughs> he did. He did. But what did you get for Damian Pierce? I'm going to try to digest this trade below. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to get into rebuild uh, in a little bit. I'm in a situation in one league where I went hard for the championship last year and it didn't work out. And now I'm in a situation where I've got a pretty old roster. I did happen to draft Damian Pierce, however. I've suffered some injuries this year. I am 0-5, but I'm not. I'm actually 10th. There's two other guys who are winless in this league as well. It's a very top-heavy league right now. I just moved Damian Pierce for what is likely – the 1.01, or at worst case, the 1.02 in a dynasty league that is running back heavy. So first first downs are worth additional points. Carries are worth additional points plus yardage. So this is, you have to have stud running backs in this league or you're just not going to stand a chance. Uh, So I was absolutely shocked. The guy had a couple different firsts 
And I shot big. I shot for the big one first, and I was hoping to settle. I knew I'd get a first out of him regardless. But to get the 101, or like I said, worst case scenario, the 102 out of Damian Pierce to me is absolutely crazy when likely that organization just gets flipped on its head next year. Yeah, so we don't know what you know what entails for Damian Pierce next year. Obviously, he looks really good, and they have yes, no does. reason no reason to displace him. But Bijan Robinson is the clear cut 101 in next year's class as of now, and it's not even close. And he is by far a better talent than Damian Pierce, <laughs> regardless of landing spot. And I, I I like the the Dak Prescott side on this one. I don't think you're you're moving a lot. You know, you're, you're getting Dak and Lazard and you're only having to move back one round and 10th to 14th is not a huge difference. So I, I like the Dak and Alan Lazard side. I feel like you're moving back a little bit, but you're getting two pretty good players. And I don't know if this is a super flex league, but that obviously makes a difference. But going from Gino to Dak is a win. Alan Lazard is worth, you know, moving from 14th to 10th. No, Lazard's not a big volume guy, but he's scoring touch. He's scored four touchdowns in the last five five games he's played. Like Lazard is is probably going to get double digit touchdowns this year, and he's a free agent next year. But I, like we talked last week, I think it's very likely he's back on the Packers. Um, we have other running backs in the news. Christian McCaffrey and Cam Akers are reportedly on the block. Uh, apparently, they're asking for a whole lot of firsts for Christian McCaffrey. I doubt that's going to happen. Sometimes people go and start really high with their offers. But if Christian McCaffrey were to get traded, um, you could see a lot, um, a lot of movement with, you know, with the the market with him. What are some some places that you think realistically could trade or should trade for Christian McCaffrey? That's tough because, you know, some of these contending teams right now are not really in a situation where they could probably afford him, right? You you hear about the Buffalo Bills, for instance. I just don't see them being able to work that deal in with Stephon Diggs's deal, with the defensive deals that they've got going on, with Josh Allen's deal, uh, with Gabe Davis coming up on a deal here in a, in a year or two. So it just doesn't make sense to me that that – would that be a great spot? Absolutely. The new hotness to me right now is probably L.A., right? When you think about the Rams and the situation they're in in that backfield, they need somebody to help take some of that defensive line to offensive line pressure that Matthew Stafford is dealing with off of him right now. He has no time to throw the ball, but if they have a guy like Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, I feel like that's a big way for them to win. I just don't know if they can work that cap space in either. So he's going to demand such a big amount of money based on his contract and what teams are going to be asking for. I just don't know if anybody can afford him that is a true contender right now. Yeah, and he's got Mark Mark Andrews as a ninth-round keeper. That's just monster value, so it allows yeah. you to do some other things right there. So that that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the Rams make a lot of sense. There were some jokes yesterday when Cooper Cup and Chris McCaffrey were talking at, at, at the end of the game, and the, the lip reading was, you know, go get me. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there's – I mean, there's some teams out there that we just – you know, we don't know. Um, so we're going to get into this week's this or that. But before we do, we're going to check back in with the sponsors. The first one I'm talking to you about is Win. Um, if you're thinking about joining WinBet – now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Looking to join WinBet's biggest winner's club? Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet's odds-wise odds, odds wise gets a $1,000 free bet. WinBet truly, hashtag DGENs only. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgalingpodcast.com, backslash WinBet, just so they know we sent you. That's sportsgalingpodcast.com, backslash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change and terms and conditions apply at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. So I am going to be the one asking the questions this week. And here's this one.
I'm nervous. All right. Nervous. All right. So we're going to do the top 12 quarterbacks of week six going into tonight's game. So Russell Wilson and J- Justin Herbert could eat. They could make this list. I'm going to give you six. You need to name the other six. Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, Zappy, and Justin Fields. That's the top. That's six through 12 or seven through 12. Who are the top six? All right. So we're going to go Matt Ryan because he had almost 400 yards. Ding, ding, ding. Number two. Um, Good answer. Good answer. Definitely in there. Um, Then I'm going to go with you already said Bailey Zappy. I'm going to go Daniel Jones because he ran in a couple. Um, I feel like he might have made it up there. Nope. Um, no, Daniel Daniel? Jones. Who was it that ran two in? That wasn't Yeah, Daniel Jones didn't run two in. Oh, man. Why am I blanking? You got two more X's. You're good. Two more X's. Um, all right. Let's go with Josh Allen. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Let's go with. You already said Jalen Hurts. Let's go with. Oh, I don't want to, but I'm going to go Mahomes too. Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yeah. That's an easy one, I feel like. Let's go Mariota with yeah. some rushing. Yeah. Yeah. Upside. yeah. You got two more. You got two more. Um, I'll give you a hint. They were they were first round picks in recent drafts. No, no, they were in the first round picks. Number one overall. Number one overall picks. Number one overall picks in recent drafts. Well, we know Baker Mayfield ain't in there. Or is he? <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't, don't give me an X for that. Don't give me an X for that. Um, let's go Kyler Murray. Nope. Damn. Number one overall picks. Oh, Joe Burrow. Jesus Christ. He, he was number one on the week. Yeah. Numero, numero um, uno, smoking Joe. Yeah, and who's the other one. guy? Come on. You know this. this you know, you're going to be mad if you miss this one. This would be oh, Captain no. Obvious. Yeah, right. When you're put on the spot like that, it's tough, right? You said Mahomes. I feel uh, like you're trying to give me the answer. Yeah, let's just move on. Time, <laughs> time's run out. It's Josh Allen. Oh, I said Josh Allen. Oh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, Trevor Oh, Lawrence. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe right. Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, right. the last number one picks, you know, before this, yeah. this year. Um, So we had Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Marcus Mariota. Mahomes, Justin Fields, Bailey Zappi, Teddy Bridgewater, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins. We had a few bye weeks, but this still is a pretty unexpected list. A lot of good performers. Guys like like Stafford had a good week, still not on the list. Rodgers is not on the list. Some guys that are usually on this list are not on there. I would bet you that some of these guys get bumped when Herbert goes off tonight. Um, but, yeah, pretty interesting list. Matt Ryan threw the ball 58 times yesterday. I think that is I think that is a clear like sell sell sell. That's not going to happen again. Um, Jonathan Taylor will be back soon, and they're they're going to be able to, to lean more. But we did see this last year where the team really kind of transformed a little bit. In the beginning of the season, it was kind of the opposite. Beginning of the season, they threw the ball a lot. Then they were like, "Wait, we got Carson Wentz. Let's let's reel it back a bit." And then they started running the ball, and that was a winning formula. But they did win. With his 58 passing attempts. I mean, even Paris Campbell had 11. Yes. Alec Pierce looked good. So go find the Brad in your league and sell Paris Campbell to him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but I've been if, waiting for three years for that game. <laughs> but you know what? Probably Brad is probably the one with Paris Campbell on the roster. So <laughs> for sure. Someone for sure. last week I said, Who are you yeah. dropping? He said Paris Campbell. And I said, you must be married. Like this is a loyal, loyal person. Um, who still has Paris Campbell on the roster? Um, you know. So who's the next? Here's the next group. Uh, you got Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Kenneth Walker. Who are the top six running backs? All right. So Brees Hall's in there. Yep. I think Darrell Henderson might have squeezed in there. Oh, not no. In top um. Kenyon Drake probably yeah. had a squeeze in there. Um, okay, so I got one strike right now. 
who else? Uh, I don't think Camaro would have reached in there yet. Um, shit. Kenneth Walker. You Did you say Kenneth Walker already? Yeah, number seven. Son of a bitch. I just should have wrote these down when you said them. Um, you said Saquon already. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat just to go through my head. Here's the way I'm thinking. All right, in a, if I think AFC North, I got Pittsburgh. Najee Harris was not in there. Cincinnati. Joe Mixon shouldn't have been in there. Chubb definitely wasn't. Nor Hunt and uh, Kenyon Drake. We already got. If I go AFC West, Denver hasn't played yet. Um, Raiders are on by. Raiders are on by, so no go. Chargers haven't played yet, and, and Kansas City. None of them were in there. All right, AFC South, Houston was on a bye. Uh, Deion Jackson made it in there. Number one. Yep. yep. Um, Jacksonville, Travis Etienne. Et- uh, no, I'm going to no. say Etienne. No? Nope. Eh. Um, so I got well, I'll just give you a hint. Two people are from the NFC South. Two from the NFC South. Okay, so we got Kamara. And the other one's the AFC East. So Kamara, McCaffrey. Was in there. Kamara, McCaffrey, uh, no way Huntley or Algier were in there yet. And who am I missing from the NFC South? Atlanta, New Orleans. If you Carolina, listen to fantasy football, Tampa, Leonard Fournette. Yep. Don't like um, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> uh, and then, and then it's season. Who's season? Blank. Oh, Ramondre Stevens season. That's right. Against yeah. my damn Browns. I blocked that out. That's why. All right. Yeah, I blocked all right. That so, out. Deion Jackson is for real. If if Jonathan Taylor misses, you have to start him. I started yep. I had him. I have him in six leagues. Like I, I scooped him up everywhere in my dynasty leagues. He is my number one roster player. And Geno Smith. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, any any retweets my stuff. So Deion Jackson, <laughs> my guy. Um, so I have to in front of the show. Um, but Ramondre Stevenson absolutely is a dog. Brees Hall absolutely is a dog. I'm so I'm I'm shocked that um and if Pierce was on here, I mean we had two rookie running backs in the top in the top seven this week. All right, so receivers, we're not gonna go to tight ends because they're garbage. We're gonna go to receivers and get out of here because we want to talk about rebuilding strategies. So um Alan Lazard, AJ Brown, Dante Pettis, what? Um, Paris Campbell, what? Taekwon Thornton, Juju Smith Schuster. Can you give the the top six. I'll give you a hint. Two of them are in the AFC North. All right. So Jamar two. Chase, I think, was number one on the week. Yeah. Ayuk is up there with his multiple uh-huh. touchdowns. Diggs uh-huh. had a monster game. Another AFC East after um, Diggs. Another AFC East at uh, is Juju in there? I already named No, that's one. West. That's West. AFC East. These, yeah. These are all AFC East. guys that are left East. now that you've said Ayuk. AFC East. AFC. Oh my. Oh, Tyreek Hill. Yep. Um. Let's see who this else. Other guy. So USC. Said, USC. USC receiver. Oh no. Is Pittman up there? Yep. Ugh. Number five. Number five. Yeah. yeah. All right. I should then, like him more, but. And the top twelve uh, tight ends. Just so you know, Taysom Hill didn't make the cut. Apparently, in in Yahoo leagues, you can play him at quarterback still. Um, Gesicki oh, no. was number one, Mark Andrews number two, Travis Kelsey three, Robert Tunyon four, George Kittle was back. Tunyon with m- double digit targets this week. It was crazy. Tun- Tunyon looked good. George Kittle was back eight for eight, and he had 64, um, 64 yards. Um, Daniel Bellinger, we had, oh, Hunter Henry, who's looked good recently. Yep. Daniel Bellinger, Jake Ferguson, um, Zach Ertz, Dawson Knox. Kyle Pitts was 11. Irv Smith and Jelani Woods tied at 12. And Kyle Pitts, I put this out on popular opinion. Three for three. Three targets, three catches, 19 yards. Yeah. Yes, he got the touchdown. Sell him based on that touchdown. Sell, sell, sell. I'm getting out. I'm not in because I only have one share and actually just like stepped away from that team. I'm like, listen, I have too many teams. You can have it. But – I got no Kyle Pitts, and I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, in Dynasty, of course you want Kyle Pitts, but you're gonna have it's not happening this year. It's not. If we're excited about a three for nineteen game, 
that tells you everything you need to know. Because if you removed the name and I said, Brad, this guy had three targets, three catches, 19 yards, but he scored a touchdown. Are you interested? No, because you do not chase touchdowns. That's scream streamer for me. Yeah. And, and, yep. and that's what he is. He's, he's, he's a streamer and it was against the Niners. So you wouldn't have streamed him. Yeah. Marcus Mariota, when he drops back, bad things happen. So they are running the ball. And it's just, you know, we'll see what happens when Desmond Ritter comes in. But I don't think anyone thinks that Desmond Ritter is going to unlock things for Kyle Pitts. Um, Brighter days are to come, but anyone thinks that he's going to finish as a top three tight end. It's not happening. And and it's a, you know, it's, it's bad in the tight end area that you're not, like you're not able to drop Kyle Pitts. And I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm saying trade him, like trade him for these other guys that are getting more targets that are, that are running more routes and are, are more consistent. Hayden. Like that's I'm curious since you got Justin's name up here, you know, you listen to old fashioned football, another podcast on the SGPN fantasy football network, him and him and Miranda talk about Pitt's passion. You know, a lot of people have that Pitt's passion and it might be time to get out, but on the contrary in a dynasty league, what I'm looking, I'm not looking to try to buy now. I'm waiting until they make that quarterback change, and then I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna try to buy before that first game. I think that's the right buy window because that's when values are gonna be at their absolute lowest. At that point, I don't think it's gonna crater anymore after they make the quarterback change because people are gonna blame it on that. But once he gets through there, who knows? He might get hyper targeted by Desmond Ritter. You just, you just don't know right now. But it, it's, it's bad. In the, people in the might move it up. Right people yeah. might have this thought that well, Desmond maybe. Ritter is gonna gonna you know. So I don't yeah. know if he goes three for nineteen and no touchdowns next week, then I might th- start throwing some offers. And and Desmond Ritter, I do think we see him soon, but I don't know how soon. Um, they don't have a bye week till week fourteen, so there's no real natural transition. But we'll, we'll see. And and Mariota's a running quarterback, so with as high heat could happen next week for all we know, whether it's a natural move or not. Um, so, so let's talk about rebuilding. And so, if you're one and five, or you're one and five, or one and four, um, you're probably going to be looking to rebuild. And so, I get a lot of questions about like age cliff, age apex. And so, if you look at it, um, you know, running backs in the past 10 season, 85% of the top 12 finishes came from running backs that are ages 22 to 28. So if you look at running backs, then I'll give you a list of running backs that are 27 years old, going to be on 28. You want to get out a year ahead of time. Like everybody wants to squeeze every last year of production, but every if you do that, you're going to lose value in trade. Like if you try to trade James Conner before the season, he actually had some value. You try to trade him now, you get nothing. Aaron Jones, you got nothing. And it's like Austin Eckler, it really stinks to try to trade him right now because he's on fire but he's got more value than he did two weeks ago. And if he goes out and does, you know, 60 yards and no, no touchdowns tonight, you're going to lose value. And he's a 27 year old running back, whether he's a satellite back or not, he's still 27 years old. And I'm telling you, there's not, there's only, you have James white a couple years ago. You have Cordero Patterson last year, 32 year olds do not become fantasy football RB ones. So here's the top of the list of running backs that are over the age of 25 you have Mark Ingram, 33, Cordero Patterson, 32, Rex Burkhead, 32, Melvin Gordon, 30, Derrick Henry, 28, Alvin Kamara, 27, Aaron Jones, 27, Austin Eckler, 27, Dalvin Cook, 27, Leonard Fournette, 27, Al- Al- Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, all 27. Then you have a 26, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard is 26. People forget. Joe Mixon, 26, Saquon Barkley's 25. Dave Montgomery's 25, Miles Sanders 25, Damian Harris 25. So those are the guys, if you're in a rebuild, you want to move. Because even though you love Saquon, you love Christian McCaffrey, if you're rebuilding, you're probably two or three years out. And by the time you get there, these guys are going to be too old. Yep. And receivers, you're looking at receivers, really the, the range, the age range you're looking at is 23 to 30 years old. So guys that are about to, that are age 28, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen is older. Um, he's 32. Keenan Allen's 30. Todd Lockett's 30. DeAndre Hopkins, 30. Allen Robinson, 29. Those guys don't have a lot of value. You wish you would have traded them last year, minus maybe Cooper Cup. 
Um, you have Devontae Adams, 29. Cooper Cups, 29. Brandon Cooks, 29. Mike Evans, 29. Like these are guys that if you're if you're looking to rebuild, these are guys that you want to move. You want to move them now, and you want to try to get out before it's too late. Stephon Diggs is 28. Tyreek Hill's 28. Amari Cooper's 28. Mike Williams and Mike Michael Thomas are 28. You probably have to wait on Mike Mike Thomas because he's injured. But these other guys, like you can still get a pretty good value for them, but they are at the end of that range. And you have to get out before it's too late. Like look at Julio Jones. If you would have traded Julio Jones two years ago, you would have got a lot for him. Last year, you got a little. This year, you're going to get nothing. And so, like, you just you can't wait for it to be too long. Um, tight ends at last a little longer, 30 to 32, um, like Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski. But 88% of the peak seasons happened before 32. Travis Kelsey's an anomaly. But you're looking at Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz, both are 32 years old. Then you have Darren Waller's 30, Logan Thomas 30, Tyler Higby 29, Moali Cox 29, Hayden Hurst 29, George Kittle 28, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, Robert Tunyon, all 28 years old. So you're looking at those, those guys are like reaching that range. So again, you're looking at age cliffs. And if you're new to Dynasty, that stuff's really important because if you load your roster in your startup with all of those players that I just listed, you're going to be rebuilding very soon. If it's been one injury or two. So I did some do's and do nots. Let me know what you think about these, Brad. So do initiate contact. Do not just randomly start throwing guys in the trade block and expect people to come running into your DMS. Look at the standings, see who the contenders are and go DM them. Move in silence. I don't know if this happens to you, but the second I put somebody on the trade block, Somebody else puts another guy on the trade block. So I'm like, hey, Nick Chubb's for sale. Next thing you know, somebody's like, Austin Eckler's for sale. And it's like they just popped, like I popped up a Home Depot and then Lowe's pops up across the street. So I'm moving in silence. I'm going, hey, Brad, you're a contender. I got a bunch of running backs. Let's talk. I want that first, that first time people know that I'm moving is when Brad and I strike a deal and that hits the, Hits the sleeper chat and they go, oh shit. Yeah, you need to you need to know your league, right? Because I've got some leagues that are like that, right? They'll just do it to be assholes. Um, Other leagues, that's how you drum up business, right? You throw it on the block, and next thing you know, you got six or seven offers for that guy, and you get to kind of barter one against the other and whatnot. So you know, all that kind of hinges on just understanding what your league mates are like and what their preferences are. Uh, you know, it's different when you're in a league with a bunch of your buddies who know each other anyway. So you're not really doing shit in silence because they're all talking to one another anyway. Whereas if you're in a league with a bunch of people that you don't know, right, you took an orphan over, you step in, you don't know any of these guys. Now, now you might play a little bit differently, right? Maybe you go in and you DM a couple guys that are in contention and you say, Hey, I got Nick Chubb on the block. I see you got Kenneth Walker. Let me get you Nick Chubb. Let me get Kenneth Walker in a third or Kenneth Walker in a a late second or something like that to try to make that move to not necessarily lose value, but get younger and add assets all at the same time. Yeah, he meant to say Kenneth Walker for Nick Chubb plus is what he meant to say. Yes. Did I not say that? You said, you know, you said Kenneth Walker plus for Nick Chubb. No, yeah, that, yeah, nobody's gonna, I mean, maybe somebody do that, but not, not many people. Okay. No, I was just being, I was being facetious. Um, (laughs) So um, be active and do the work for them. You know, some people are not, they don't want to do the back and forth. They, you know, like I want to make it pretty easy for Brad. And I'm like, listen, I just, you know, I'm looking at, I'm I'm looking at four or six contenders. Just so you know, I'm going to be looking at you and two other teams. You all need quarterbacks, but I wanted to go to you first. And I can tell you need a quarterback. I got quarterbacks. This is what I'm thinking. You're doing the work for them and don't throw any offer out there. That's going to be like so offensive. Like I don't throw blindly throw offers out there. I just kind of see what Brad's thinking and see if he's interested. You know, the whole sell me a pen theory. First of all, you need to know, do I need a pen? Don't just start throwing like Nick Chubb for two firsts. Are, are you interested in selling Nick Chubb? Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk. But do you even need a pen? No. Okay, well then why am I throwing two firsts for a pen? Be creative. If a player is worth a second, see if you can move 
uh, can move second and that player for a first. Don't always, you know, say like this player for a first, maybe he's not worth a first, but if I throw a second in there, is he worth a first? Hey, I want that first from you, but I'm going to give you this player plus. And don't be, don't, we talk about fab. Don't forget to throw, throw some fab or a third. Hey, Brad, we're really close. If you throw a third round, third round pick on there, I'm good. You're like, no, I'm good. This, I'm good where it's at. Okay. Well, hey, throw me like 20 bucks fab. I just spent all my money on Kenneth Walker. Uh, is that cool? Yeah, no problem. I'll throw you 10 bucks. And then do your homework. Um, there are a lot of great tools out there. Obviously, you want to check out this show. Um, there's also like trade calculators and and different things. If you're new to trading and you're new to Dynasty, like use those things. Be active on message boards. Be active on Twitter. Go to YouTube, SGPN, Fantasy Football. Um, all those things are, are really good. You don't want to just go out there. Like I had a guy tell me today, like he read this article and was DMing me. And he was like, hey, like, what do you think about Brandon Cooks and DeAndre Swift? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. A, don't send that offer. B, don't accept that offer. But like people really don't know. And so like those trade car- trade charts and things like that can be very helpful. They're not the Bible, but they can help you craft trades. I don't know what your thoughts are, Brad, on trade charts and stuff well, like that. But- yeah, just recognize everyone is different. Every single trade chart that you look at is different, right? If you go look at our trade chart that Justin Mark put together on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, it's going to look different than one you're going to see on Fantasy Pros or Dynasty Nerds or, uh, you know, Dynasty League Football or 30, you know, all the different ones that are out there. Everybody's going to have different values of stuff. I personally can't stand trade charts because of just that, right? That's somebody else's value on a player, not necessarily mine. Now you can use it as kind of some guidance, right? Is an offer I'm getting ready to throw out there just completely batshit crazy. Um, and know what your competitors use. That's what, that's probably the biggest key. If you know somebody likes DTC, for instance, right? That's their go-to find a trade that looks really good on DTC that you think is a steal and make that offer, right? If they like, let's say Justin Marks, they go and they look at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. They go there, they pull up that trade chart and they're like, what the hell? Wait, this quarterback is only worth that much. Okay. Send that out and say, Hey, look, I know you like SGPN. I saw this on the trade chart. I see you need a quarterback. I need a running back or I need a wide receiver or whatever. This looks like fair value based on that trade chart. Let's chat, right? Or whatever. So use what they use against them. Uh, it is kind of a mind game, right? Going back and forth between these these things. I do have a tendency, you know, you said something earlier around that third round pick, right? To throw that on there. If you're trying to get a deal done and you let a third round pick prevent that deal from happening, you weren't making a good deal to begin with. Right. If that third round pick is what puts it over the edge and, you know, you say, okay, throw me a third and we're good to go. Right. If I'm trying to get that deal done, yeah, I'm going to throw a third. I'm not going to let a third round pick prevent me from getting the best player in the deal or whatever the case is. Right. So don't don't let those that small stuff kind of kind of get in there. So, yeah, no, same same thing. And, And with the trade charts, like I said, make sure you go to SGPN Fantasy Football Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We have a trade chart for you. Justin does a great job. He's got a redraft one and a dynasty one. It's all free. That's the best part. And like I said, this is not the – I'm not going to Brad and saying, hey, I'm only going to take this trade if the deal is fair. Or I I got someone last week, I'll give you fair value for Brady. I'm like, cool. No, thanks. I'm not looking for fair value. I'll just wait till someone gets hurt and then go get twice the value. Thanks. Yeah. Like – don't do that. So here's some other don'ts. Don't burn bridges with bad offers. Every league has that guy. If your league doesn't, you're probably that guy. Going back to the customer service, treat this like a business relationship. If you know that this guy is always trying to rip you off, you won't like to deal with him. There are only so many customers. He's talking to you, Hitman. I am talking to you, Hitman. <laughs> If there's only so many customers, don't blacklist yourself or, you know, um, go in and limit your your audience. Don't take the first offer. If Brad throws an offer to me, a second round pick for this guy, Brad's most likely going to be able to give me a little bit more. That doesn't mean that I'm going to throw back two firsts as a counter, but I'll be like, hey, Brad, like if I like the offer, 
hey, Brad, we're pretty close. Can you throw in a future second or a future third? Don't give them the option. But, yep. you know, that's where you can work off stuff. But don't accept the first offer. Or I go, hey, Maddie, Brad just offered me a second. What do you think? Or don't do what I did and make somebody mad by saying, hey, Brad and Matt, what do you think about this trade? Next thing you know, Maddie's jumping in and stealing it. <laughs> um, like that Tom Green undercutters. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can do that. I mean, if you get a first offer and you're saying, hey, I just you just do somebody on on you throw someone on the trade block and instantly someone DMs you and says, hey, I'm going to give you a late first. OK, don't just go and flip it because you're excited. Take 15 minutes and be like, hey, anyone else got anything more than a late first? That is one of my favorite things to do. Whenever somebody sends me a trade for a player that I know is kind of a hot commodity, I will immediately put that player on the trade box as soon as I get that trade offer. Now, some people that'll piss off and that's fine, right? But you're looking to win. You're looking to get the best deal. So sometimes you just got to pull those tricks. And I mean, it is what it is, you know. But Here's, here's the nice way to do that, Brad. You say, Brad, I appreciate the offer. Is that the best you got? And he says, that's the best I got. Then you do that instead of me just not saying anything to Brad and then throwing out there, this is what it is. Which don't get me wrong, I kind of did the other thing myself last week. Yeah, I was super busy. My bad, dude. But yeah, just yeah, that that is a way to kind of handle it. And and Brad will quickly say, okay, well I'll throw in a third. Or I'll throw in a second. Right. And then right. okay, then maybe you just go and do the deal. Yeah. At least give them the opportunity before you go and. <laughs> just do that now the the one other thing i wanted to kind of emphasize or or maybe be a little contrarian to is those low ball offers when there are people when people are underperforming kyle pitts for instance test that tilt now don't go in and offer freaking evan ingram who yeah has scored more points than kyle pitts but is not a fair offer for kyle pitts don't don't do something like that but test those waters a little bit. Tilt is a real thing. That's tilt in both directions. Guys who are willing to overpay for players that they shouldn't overpay and guys that are willing to sell players for super cheap that they shouldn't sell for super cheap. I mean, we see these trades when we go over trades on this show on Thursdays. There are trades that were like, how in the hell? You know, the Russ, Russell Wilson last uh, on uh, Thursday, we talked Russell Wilson, a second and a third for Josh Allen. Right. There is for and that, I don't even know where the tilt Damian is. Damian Pierce for right? the 101. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there is play those waters, right? And whenever they call you out on it, just be like, hey, I totally get it. I'm just testing the tilt. I agree. It's not let's talk, right? I, I agree. I tried to lowball you. Now that I know where you're at, let's figure out what we can do together to make this deal work for both of us. So so the, the next tip is don't package all of your assets. If you're rebuilding and you're taking the car apart, like you don't sell like, hey, Brad, I'm going to give you all four tires and the muffler. Like, no, sell it one tire at a time or one piece at a time. I had a guy last week. I'm shopping Leonard Fournette. He said, I don't have a 23 first, but I'll give you a 24 first. I said, eh, I don't really like that. I think I can get a better deal. He's like, well, I'll throw you a 23 second and a 23 third if you throw Kittle in. I'm like, no, like you added something on your yep. side, but then I added something on my side. No, thanks. And then Kittle went nuts. So like that, that's why I didn't do that. But if you, you only have so many pieces to trade, don't go and trade like Kittle and Fournette just to get a late 23 first. I, I think yeah. the one exception to that would be if you're trying to move up in the draft, right? So if you move Kittle and a mid second for an early first or some, you know, that, that I don't know if I do that or not, but you talked about Kittle, right? Something like that, where I'm packaging a pick and a player to move up in the draft, that might be a little bit different. You know, I don't well, necessarily and that's what I said earlier packaging, with, but that's what I said earlier would be creative, but don't trade yeah. Kittle and Fournette yeah. and get a meet, you know, get a late, late 2023 first. A ham um, sandwich. Know. Is that what you were going to say for a ham yeah. sandwich? <laughs> yeah. And, and then don't wait too long. Uh, I discussed the, the, the age earlier. Like Pete, you have, to, unfortunately you have to sell things people want. And so you're, you can't be like, Hey, uh, do you want, you know, do you want Keenan Allen right now? No, but probably interested more in Mike Williams. Like unfortunately, like Brees Hall and Damian Pierce. Like, yes, people are going to want them. You want James Connor? Uh, no, <laughs> like 
you go, you got to sell stuff people want. And unfortunately, um, with the age, you have to, you, you have to know when it's time to get out. So um, please check out that article, Rebuilding Strategies on SportsGamblingPodcast.com. We're going to talk about 2023 uh, tight end impending free agents here in a second. But first, we're going to check back in with the sponsors. And the first sponsor I want to talk to you about is No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick em contests versus other people for the shot to win 250K. Plus in cash, download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your money, your entry, if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player over under props or individual matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure you check out No House Advantage today and experience daily sports redefined because it's not just how you play, it's also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right, and I'd like to talk to you about Babbel. If you're like me and there's a foreign language that you regret learning in school, for me it was French, it's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning that new language off your list. So my daughter started French. I always wanted to learn French. We're all doing it as a family now, sitting around the dinner table for these super short 10-minute lessons to complete so you can start having those real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for the lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts, and they're voiced by real native speakers and not a computer. So with Babbel, you can choose from over 14 different languages, which include Spanish and French, Italian, German, Plus, their speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent and basically tells me on a daily basis that I cannot speak French. So there's so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and hell, even live classes if you choose to do so. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash SGP. Again, that's babbel.com slash SGP for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Let's talk about those 2023 free agent tight ends. Yeah, so these ones, you know, there's really only a few names that I want to bring up here to get us through this. And, and the first two will kind of group together. They're guys that, We've seen flashes from. We know they can be good, but they're really on opposite end of the spectrum. One is a very system-related tight end in Dalton Schultz, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, who's dealing with some injuries. And the other is that super athletic freak in Mike Gesicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, both of which are unrestricted free agents for their respective teams, earning the exact same amount of money right now uh, at a little over $10 million. Both these guys are going in, but like I said, they're totally different aspects of the tight end position. For me, Dalton Schultz screams Austin Hooper. If he leaves a system that he's familiar with and he fits in with, I just think he's going to fall off the map because he's not super athletic. He's not a guy that can just make things happen. Whereas I feel like Mike Gesicki, if he can find himself in a situation where he can get some targets outside of Miami and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, he can really probably perform well above expectations. So Dave, where are you at with these two guys? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was interesting last off season, we expected all the tight ends to really go and they all got tags. Um, and then yep. actually got a big contract. So we could see that happen with either of these guys, even though that like, it doesn't look like other than yesterday, Miami had nothing to do with Kasiki. And then you also you also have like Dalton Schultz. We haven't seen anything this year. The but, first game was a, a really good game for him. And, and then he hurt his knee. So and so like both of these guys are on franchise tags. They're not going to get tagged again. So it's going to be a long-term contract, or they're they're going to be off to, you know, off to a greener pastures. So um I like both of them just because we've seen it. And tight end is such a difficult, difficult thing. So like Dalton Schultz is a, a extremely buy low 
um, because you can get him for basically nothing. And even if he is an Austin Hooper type of a player that doesn't do much at the next next level, I mean, he could be Hunter Henry as well. And, yep. and Hunter Henry's doing pretty well with the New England Patriots. And I remember trading for Hunter Henry and like get, like giving up nothing for him because they just wanted to get rid of him. And like right now, like people are getting frustrated with Dalton Schultz. And and now you can move like you could have moved Taysom Hill for Dalton Schultz plus last week. And yep. um, so like I, I think you know Gusecki had to wait until he cools off, but he's a player that I would like to acquire. And if he goes somewhere, the team is likely gonna be like putting an offense around him, yes. or at least like if he were to go to the Packers, that would be like a really nice landed spot for him. That you know, um, I know Tunyon's there, but Gasicki's obviously a, a much more athletic and also an unrestricted free agent. We just weren't really gonna talk about him. Well, could be no. a, a Schwabsky right there. Um, you know, the Bengals have been looking for another tight end. They used to Hayden Hurst quite a bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of spots where I think he could go and teams that, that really do like and value that position. And so, um, you know, I think both these guys are interesting and Tunyon, I think is interesting as well. Um, you know, he's, he's not necessarily a high volume, high yardage guy, like a Kittle or a Waller, but you know, there's just not a lot of tight ends out there and these guys are going to get, they're going to get paid. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, the next two, again, we're going to kind of lump in. These are veterans who have really been disappointing in their their first few years in the season uh, or in in the NFL, and now they're on new teams. They're getting a little bit of new life breathed into them, one of which is Evan Ingram, tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the other Hayden Hurst, who you mentioned, tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals, again, both of which are unrestricted free agents, but really kind of getting that second in Hayden Hurst's <laughs> Uh, in, in his corner, th- third chance, right? After he left the Baltimore Ravens, went to the Atlanta Falcons, and now ended up with the Cincinnati Bengals. And then Evan Ingram getting out of dropsy land in New York and coming into really a pretty good offense that he's getting some targets in. They're both of these guys are on target for 90-plus targets and six-plus touchdowns right now. That's going to put them in the top 10 of tight ends this season. Are these two guys that you think will get a long-term contract in a situation that we could see as valuable moving into next year and maybe the year after that as we look at Dynasty Leagues? They could. I mean, at the end, end of the day, it's it's just a, a supply and demand situation. And um, rookie tight ends just take so long to develop. I mean, we have seen some interesting rookie tight end production recently. Daniel Bellinger has two touchdowns two weeks in a row. Um, I believe that's three on the season. Kate Otten, even when Cameron Bright was out there yesterday, was outplaying him. Yep. And a guy that we might see tonight, and I did put in my buy low article, is Greg Dolce. Um, Trey McBride is another one. But you're just you're not seeing these guys even in a tight end wasteland. You're not seeing them go in and just dominate early. And teams, you know, fantasy production is a product of production on the field. And these guys are not producing on the field. That's why you're you're seeing these, you know, Mo Alley Cox and and different guys showing up in the top twelve tight ends because all it takes is you know a touchdown or sixty yards. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, – it's hard to find tight ends. Teams are valuing that position still, and so they'll get they'll get paid. Yeah, I think Hayden Hurst is the one I'm most interested uh, right now. I just think there's a world – I think there's a chance he gets re-signed by Cincinnati uh, in a pseudo long-term, you know, a two- or a three-year deal to kind of finish out his career with Cincinnati. He's really performed very well in that offense. He's gotten a good amount of targets. He's He has produced with those targets as well. He's not disappointing. So I think he's the guy to me that is probably the highest on my list of guys I'd be willing to go get in a contending type situation. Um, all right. A couple other guys that we'll talk about and then we'll move on. Uh, one is a little bit younger guy, got been hurt the last couple years and now starting to kind of hit his breakout in his fourth season. And that's Irv Smith tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. Dude's only 24 years old. This is not an old guy by any shape of the imagination. 
And the last guy is Foster Moreau. I'm very interested. He's a very athletic tight end. He's back up to Darren Waller in Las Vegas. When given some opportunity, we've seen him put up some decent numbers when we go back and look at last season with Darren Waller being hurt a large portion of the of the season. So I think this is another guy who's only 26. He's fairly young in the tight end landscape that I think might end up with a pretty decent tight end contract on a tight end needy team. So I think these two guys are other candidates for really production in that top 15 range where maybe they do get 70 to 80 targets and are, are reasonable to be started on a, on a dynasty roster after this season. So where are you at with Irv Smith and Foster Murrow? Yeah. And, and, you know, Irv Smith, he's, you know, he's a little shorter and I know that some people really don't like those short tight ends and he's had some injuries. Um, you know, he has, you know, he's shown out and he's, he's been pretty good. Um, I don't necessarily think that people are going to be super excited about him. Um, but I do think, you know, um, when you look at the group, he's one of the more intriguing ones because of the age. Yeah. And, I mean, so, it's the age it's Adam Thielen hitting that precipice of his contract where now he goes from being, you know, uncuttable to now cuttable because they save money by moving on from a 33-year-old wide receiver. So if they do that, do they take that money and roll it into a contract for Irv Smith? Uh, do they bring in a free agent wide receiver? Do they draft a wide receiver? So I think he's in a really good spot where the team can really, if he continues to perform to the level that he's doing now, which is is pretty damn good, um, you know, another 90 target guy, then this is another dude who ends up staying with the Minnesota Vikings another year with Kirk Cousins, another year with Kevin O'Connell. And assuming he stays healthy, I think he can really put up some, some solid numbers for you as a tight end. So out of everybody that we've talked about, he's probably the top of my list right now of guys that I can get because his price is probably still pretty well suppressed, but I think he's the youngest and has the most upside. Yeah, and Foster Moreau is very interesting. If you remember him coming out, this guy has a very, very good athletic uh, profile. At 6'4", 253, he ran a 4.66, yep. which is an 82nd percentile. He had a speed score in the 83rd percentile. Burst score was 84th percentile. His spark score was 94th percentile. And his catch radius is 90th. A agility score was 84th percentile. I mean, this this guy does have the athletic tools, and when he's played, he's actually had some decent fantasy games. Yeah. Um. He came from a very poor LSU offense and didn't really offer much. Didn't have a lot of production coming out. But yeah, he's someone that could get like he could be like a like a Tyler Conklin that's burst onto the scene a little bit. Dalton Schultz last year burst onto the scene a little bit. Just you got to get got to put him in the right spot. You know, like. If you were to put him in Tampa Bay, I think that would have been very a very interesting spot for him. Um, you see how Higby's being used. Higby didn't take off year one. It took three, four, five years. And a lot of these tight ends take three, four, five years to do it. Look at Njoku. He's finally having a good season. He was a first-round pick four years ago. I mean, it just <laughs> yep. takes, a, it takes a while. These guys, these tight ends don't come in right away. And I think Foster Moreau is, is definitely someone that um, – that fits the bill. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to round up, you know, there's a bunch of other smaller guys in there, uh, you know, that we could talk about some of the Broncos tight ends, right. And Eric Saubert and uh, Andrew Beck guys that are getting a good amount of playing time, just not guys I think are worthy of a dynasty roster uh, or anything like that. And then some older veteran guys like Dan Arnold and we talked about Robert Tanya and Ryan Griffin, Kyle Rudolph, other guys that just really probably aren't We're, worth a dynasty roster spot right now. No, no, not for sure. Let's let's talk about something that is worth your time, and that's Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over a hundred channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com, SGP. That's FuboTV.com, SGP. 
Yeah, and look, every Thursday we talk about Thursday night prop bets, and the best way to make sure you're getting the best odds is Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare all your odds from all your major sports books. You can also compare different sign-up codes and promotions from all those sports books to make sure you're getting the best deal out there. The app provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. And they also have a bet tracker so that you can keep track of all your games and your betting activity. So go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. So we talked earlier about the New York football teams. And so we want to talk about from a dynasty standpoint you know, yesterday we had the New York Giants go and have another upset. At some point, when are the New York Giants not going to be the upset if they win? They play the Houston Texans this week, and this could be the first time in a long time that the New York Giants are favored. Yesterday, as a Giants fan, that's the first time since, like, Super Bowl forty-two that we didn't score on purpose. Normally, we are trying very hard, and we just can't score. Yesterday, we actually stopped ourselves from scoring. It's a different day having to wake up and, and another victory, victory Monday. And we maybe we lose to the Texans and, and all comes back crashing down to earth. But as far as Wandell Robinson scored a touchdown, Daniel Bellinger scored a touchdown, Daniel Jones threw two touchdowns. What are your thoughts here about the, the New York Giants and some of these dynasty pieces, the Daniel Bellingers, Wandell Robinson? Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. Yeah, so I do think we talk ourselves into this a little bit, right? So they beat Tennessee in week one. Week one's always kind of weird, right? So I don't want to throw out a win, right? But most of the time, week one is so crazy, so weird. It's just not really indicative of how good teams are. Then they played Carolina and the hot mess that they are. Then they played Dallas without Dak. And you can start to say, well, they didn't have Dak. That doesn't matter. Right. That that's no big deal. They lost that game, blah, 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 blah. Um, then they play Chicago. Oh, I mean, is that something to be excited about? Then they played Green Bay. I mean, we watched Green Bay lose again yesterday to the Jets. So it ain't looking good for Green Bay. And then they beat Baltimore, right? Now you're looking, you're saying, okay. Now we had some excuses for wins. Well, there's no excuse for, for Baltimore losing. There's no excuse for, well, nothing crazy happened in that game that led to the Giants winning. I think this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars is really where it starts to come through, where I think it's going to be a pretty, and I haven't seen odds drop yet, but it's going to be a pretty, the the Giants? Oh, maybe it's the Jaguars? I think they play Jacksonville, yeah. Okay. Um, it's, It's going to come out as a pretty close line, I feel like. If they come out on top of this, I, I think all bets are – there's no more making excuses for why they're winning. You have to be look at this team as a legitimate playoff contender at that point. There is nobody that can stop Saquon Barkley right now. I think Wondell Robinson coming back, even with just the four, three or four catches that he had yesterday, looks as dynamic as what they thought he was coming out of the Kentucky in the second round. Um Daniel Jones is playing okay. I really like what Brian DeBall is doing with his legs and allowing him to kind of get outside the pocket a little bit, run a little bit. Uh, it's adding a different layer to that offense. I want Kadarius Tony back. That, I, I think, if they can figure out, and I know there's some animosity going on there, maybe a little behind the scenes that they don't want to talk about necessarily, but if they can get Kadarius Tony into that offense along with Wondell Robinson – and Daniel Jones's legs and Saquon Barkley, that's a pretty tough and explosive offense at all levels of the field. So I'd really like to see them get past whatever that issue is. But I do think the win this week just has to shut everybody up at this point. Um, because I, I do think you could make excuses for those first five weeks. And then that win last night, yesterday was, okay, this is, this is legitimate now. This is starting to become an issue, you know, for people who aren't Giants fans. Now I think it's is where it starts to really kind of get the traction a little bit. The, yeah. In, so. in all honesty, as a Giants fan, I expected the wheels to fall off in London against the Packers, and I thought we were going to get blown out. So to come out, come out and, and win, the defense is playing much better, and they're keeping them in the game, and the offense is doing just enough. And, and, you know, when you're hanging in there and you got a puncher's chance at the end, the Giants are one of the best second-half teams this year. 
and that's where they're doing the most of their damage. Um, I'd love to see Kadarius Tony back. Wanda Robinson is is looking good, um, and that was just nice to see him score a touchdown in his first action. Yep. Um, and they were drawing up plays for him, so that's gonna be interesting. Um, and they like Daniel Bellinger. I think he's a sneaky stash in dynasty. They love um, him in the red zone. <laughs> they they love him in the red zone. He's got a great athletic yeah. profile, kind of similar to Foster Moreau. Not a lot of, of production in college, but Daniel Jeremiah gave him some props in the pre-draft process, and the Giants obviously liked him getting him where they did in the draft. Uh, let's talk about the Jets. We've seen a lot of change since Zach Wilson has come over. And so Zach Wilson was out the first the first three weeks, and Brees Hall had a whole bunch of targets. Brees Hall doesn't really have as many targets because the team's not throwing the ball 60 times. You know who else doesn't have targets? Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore. How many targets did Elijah Moore have yesterday? I don't know, but I know Garrett Wilson got four. Well, you and I combined for the same amount of targets as Elijah Moore yesterday, <laughs> and that is zero. Oh, no. Um, Tyler Conklin has, has gone from fantasy greatness to nothing. Um, it's just it's not good for the pass catchers out there, and if you have Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore, you're panicking. I mean, I, I had someone try to sell me Elijah Moore for Fournette the other day, and I said, no thanks. Um, people are trying to talk me into a no, like not interested, and he's not even like it was Batman and Robin with him and Wilson. No, like I don't even know if he's Robin, like. I don't know if, if Wilson's Batman anymore. Like it's just it's not looking good the last three weeks. And with Wilson, you know, Wilson's gonna be their future quarterback. We'll have to see, but they're really just saying we're gonna play defense and run Brees Hall. Yeah. 22 carries for Brees Hall, uh target leader in Corey Davis. He's you know, that two weeks year in a row, Corey Davis. That year that Zach Wilson had with Corey Davis last year. Um I just think the chemistry is there, and he he prefers Corey Davis right now. Now, I, that's not going to be a long-term issue, right? So I think it's by low time, personally, for, for an Elijah Moore and a Garrett Wilson, right? If you can find people that are panicking on them, if you could get Elijah Moore for a second-round pick, I'd, I'd send a second-round pick for Elijah Moore all day long. Uh, you can definitely so get Elijah Moore for a second-round pick. That's I got where, Elijah Moore, and I would give him to you for a second-round pick. Yeah, and that's where I start to say, okay, look – this is as low as it's going to get. Zero targets, you know, te- let's, uh, you know, a mid-second for that. I'm taking a guy. That dude is super talented. Same thing with Garrett Wilson. Super talented. Zach Wilson is coming off an injury. He's he's still young. He was raw coming out of BYU to begin with. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come, right? But if it's going to come, it's going to come in a very San Francisco 49ers-ish kind of way, right? You can tell that often they are running the ball. They want to run the ball. That's what they're going to do. But that's going to start to open up as Brees Hall continues to eat and teams start to scheme their defense more around that. This, there are going to be some passing lanes start to open up for Zach Wilson. So I do think there are brighter days ahead for Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. So I would recommend them as a buy. Uh, for a dynasty team right now, especially if you're in a rebuild. Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I, and like I said, I joked that I, I got a second. I would give him, give Elijah more. I mean, I, I do. Think no, don't backpedal great... now. Cause I'm going to send you a second for him. Well, I don't have him in that league anymore. <laughs> I traded him already. Um, I, there's a lot of talented players in the next year's class. Yep. And Elijah Moore is going to be with Zach Wilson next year. Corey Davis, we don't know. It could be a cap casualty or someone that gets redone, but he is someone that has a very high cap number. Yep. And when you have Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, do you really need to pay him, you know, 10, 12 million a year? I don't know, but he's Zach Wilson's favorite target. And when you're only throwing the ball 25 times a game and you're spreading it out between five or six players, Sometimes Braxton more. Berrios, dude. Braxton Berrios is involved. Like, Michael Carter is yes. involved. Tyler Conklin's involved. They got yep. they got three tight ends that they're playing. Like it's just not. There's not enough going on there for them to really like for Elijah Moore to have any type of. And it's going to be the same stuff next year. Yep. Yep. So so that's where I'm like you know what I'd rather go elsewhere with my with my my stuff and I like Elijah Moore as a player. But Garrett Wilson, obviously, is the one that I'd be more interested in. Um, 
And I think Garrett Wilson is someone that you can acquire right now for fairly cheap. Um, we've seen, we saw the the receivers have a big, like big start to the season and they've all kind of cooled off, but yep. now the running backs are starting to c- come up and, you know, like Kenneth Walker had a huge day. We, Brees Hall is, is like, I've heard people put him as the number, number two or number one running back in dynasty right now. So like they're flying, you're selling Damian Pierce for B. John Robinson. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. And Rashad yeah. White, like in your in your redraft leagues, I hope you kept Kenneth Walker long enough to enjoy it. I hope that you're holding on Rashad White and Zamir White because yeah. those guys are very close from very similar opportunities. I saw a comment earlier about Brian Robinson. I'm not very interested. I think Brian Robinson is in a messy situation. And I don't think he's that good. But if Leonard Fournette got hurt tomorrow, Rashad White would do exactly what Kenneth Walker just did yesterday. Yep. Zamir White would do exactly what happened yesterday. And maybe not exactly, but those guys are going to be good. Yep, They're going to be good. And they are one play away from a major opportunity. Get them on your rosters. Yeah, and I, I know it's an easy kind of correlation because it's a very similar situation. But I look at Zamir White a lot like I look at Nick Chubb, right? Nick Chubb comes in. Uh, he's second fiddle, third fiddle in an offense. Um, the starting running back goes down. He's kind of thought he wasn't even really the top running back out of Georgia at that time. And now Zamir White's in a very similar situation. He's behind Josh Jacobs. If Josh Jacobs gets hurt or or even Las Vegas says, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna trade Josh Jacobs. We're gonna trade because we like what we see in Zamir White, and they put him into that situation, he's just gonna eat. And he's going to smash. So, I, I, yeah, I think he's he's definitely a buy as well right now. Well, that's it. The game started. We're about three minutes into the first quarter. As always, good luck this season. Cheers.